salad gardening. Our program today brought to you by the Willie Store, your true value hardware store near Caspian Lake in Greensboro. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, your full service florist, Clausen's.com. Guy's Farm and Yard, your neighborhood community feed, grain, animal and yard store with locations in Morrisville, Montpelier, St. Albans and Williston. By Grow Compost, compost soils, mulches, and soil amendments. On Route 3, on Route 2, I keep saying it's Route 2 just down the road. Route 2 in Moortown, online at growcompost.com. By PR Lumber, your complete local lumber store on Route 15 in Wilkett. By Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Blossom Cottage Florist for top quality flower arrangements and a lot more. And wonderful Taste of the North on Route 302 in Barrie. Check them online at tasteofthenorth.com. By Linda's Apparel, bursting with vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkling jewelry, and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions around. Main Street, Virgins. And by Jail Branch Greenhouse, perennials, annual soils, and terrific selection of all your garden needs on Route 302 in Barrie. And your locally owned Agway store, seeds and feeds, and a whole lot more on Route 2 in Montpelier. We are broadcasting on all the stations of WDEV FM and AM, all frequencies, and streaming worldwide online at WDEVradio.com. Our lines are open for your comments and questions for Peter Burke at 802-244-1777 or toll-free from anywhere, 877-291-8255. And we say good afternoon to Peter. Hey, Joel. Hello. Inch by inch, row by row. Yes. Now, was that written by a Vermont guy? Yeah. Uh, boy, Jack is still here. What, what's the fellow's name? Jack, are you here? Hanlon. Uh, Maybe. No, what was, uh, was, just what was in the guy's name who wrote that song? Inch Dave by Inch. Mallet. Dave, Dave Mallet. Ah, thank you. Yes. There you go. Yeah. It's been in our blood for a long time as Vermonters, right? Yeah. <laughs> inch by inch, yeah. row by row. That's Thanks, right. Jack. I think our recording is John Denver. We had a different yeah. John Denver recording in which he was accompanied by the Muppets. I don't yeah. know where that yeah. one meant. And I remember that episode. <laughs> I've, you know, I, I, I've seen it, too. And at, the very, at the very end, the flowers start singing and the earthworms start oh, singing. Oh, dear. You know, it was just like, as only the Muppets can do it. Such wonderful, Absolutely. wonderful harmony as opposed to the chaos in my garden. Actually, actually. My tomato plant, since we last talked, all grew a foot. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, the the heat, although it was unbearable for us, yeah, yeah. it was really quite good for the tomato plants. Yeah, I I, uh, I grow um, with the ones that uh, Ed likes, the Jet Stars, um, and they're a bush, you know. Yeah, right. And they're up, you know, and that you could see it three or four clusters on each one of flowers and um, you know they're coming along real well. I'll, I'll tell you one thing though, after last week's program. 
I, you know, I, I, I find it, I find it hard to, to, to step on an ant. That's the kind of person I am, mm-hmm. or swat a fly. Mm-hmm. I'm finding it awfully hard to tear off those bottom leaves on the tomato <laughs> plants. You're gonna have to just come and, and hold a whip or well, hold a you know, I, uh, and I, and I know the feeling. I really do. And you'll see that uh, if you just leave them there, eventually you start to turn yellow. Yes, right. And you don't want that. And that's, uh, you think you're getting the, uh, you know, the blight. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you know you just keep in mind. Okay, right. it's just the top ones that are going to feed yes, yes. feed those tomatoes. And when you cut off those leaves, it starts to put more energy into the tomatoes. Yeah. It's, I, it's important to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know they'll grow either way. Yeah, I mean, I, you know you can't really lose. But um, and then near the and near the end of the season when it's clear that the late blossoms aren't going to produce any tomatoes. That's right. Now, yeah. I have a little, it's a little easier to take those off. Yeah, yeah. And when, the uh, so when do you do that? Is it like in September yeah. or August? Well, well uh, in September. September, yeah. yeah. We're, we're right by the lake in Mallets Bay. Yeah. During the winter, we get colder, breezes mm-hmm. off the lake. Mm-hmm. But during, during the, during the uh, you know, when the fall comes, we're, I think we're spared the first, uh, you know, frost that central Vermont gets. Yeah, I yeah, think so you are, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah you're, in, you're in sort of the Vermont banana yeah. belt over yeah. there. You know, and then there's where, 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 what's the place in New York um, that gets the frost like in July? <laughs> you know, Seneca Saranac Falls, Lake. Saranac Lake. Yeah, the that's the strangest weather pattern. Yeah, there. yeah. You know, they'll say it's 80 degrees here, 90 degrees yeah. there, 45 degrees. 45 degrees. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. So I, I. Um, I have to. I sort of apologize. Yeah, I get apologize to people for taking up that whole hour and and almost taking no calls. So please call, and um, I will gab away. But you, the the lines are open, and uh, uh, but it was a lot of fun talking about those seeds. I really enjoyed it, and it was uh, it was hard to resist, not just going on and on. And it was uh, Ken who passed me the uh, information on that and said, "Gee, I think you ought to do a show on that." So oh, great. Yeah. Last night I uh, ran into one of our, uh, uh, you know, wonderful listeners and mm-hmm. just a wonderful friend of the, the station in this program uh, going back to its inception, mm-hmm. and that's uh, Ted in Shelburne. Mm. I was close to where his garden was. We were at a concert, but he showed me some photographs uh, on his uh, phone of mm. of his garden and what a beautiful garden Ted has. Uh-huh. He's very meticulous and a regular listener to the mm-hmm. to the program and uh, always gets into the debate about scapes and garlic. And boy, does he he grow some. <laughs> Great garlic. I don't know why I told you. So anyway, we're uh, we're, ha- we're happy to run into our listeners too. That's it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I'm going to uh, talk about a couple things to start with uh, until we get some calls. One, of course, is uh, uh, lawns, uh, to do list, the second season, and mulch. Those are the things I'm going to talk about until we get the call. I'll just run with the to do list, uh, just so. Um, uh, we get that done with. Um, one of the things, uh, and my wife is very good at this, is she thins our apple trees down to one apple every six to eight inches. So uh, it seems like it might be a little bit draconian, you know, how hard it is to cut that leaf. Well, imagine pulling an apple off. And if you look closely, you know, uh, sometimes you'll see one or two in the bunch that's a little misshapen or has a little wormhole in it. So, so it's a good reason to go ahead and, and thin them all out. I have some uh, vestigial apples from the old Porter Point apple mm. orchard. You mm. know, years ago, yeah. a whole area where I lived was apple. Anyway, uh, uh, four-legged critters with white tails usually 
take care of <laughs> the apples that I still have left. <laughs> so it's theirs. It's theirs for the taking. There you go. Yeah. Well, if you want to get your own apples, <laughs> and also, and and this is something sort of a, a theme throughout this to-do list is that even though trees are perennial and they're in the ground and all the rest. And uh, they still need to be watered every once in a while. And, and uh, we did have a real good watering this week uh, with, that, with that rain. But don't forget that, that they need a, a dose of water when you're watering your garden. It, it'll pay you back. Uh, then uh, it's a good time to hill your potatoes. You want to want to keep that so, you know, the main reason you're hilling your potato is is to keep the sun off of them so they don't turn green. Um, also, they say that the potatoes actually from the seed potato that you put in, they actually bear fruit above the seed potato. So they're growing up off of that. And that's the second reason you want to hill your potatoes is to give the potato uh, uh, more room to set out more little little spuds. And, um, well, you want to make sure that you go ahead and thin your carrot seeds. I know, and their beet seeds, and I, I know that the, uh, because the seeds are so small and the germination takes so long and it's, you know, a little frustrating that way that you sort of overseed and that's a, you know, that's a common, um, common practice. But you don't want to stop there. You want to make sure that you go back in and, and just pull out or snip off with the scissors everything uh, between three inches. So you're leaving one every three inches. And the same thing with beets. It's every three or four inches, depending on your variety. So this is a very valuable practice. And I know it seems a little bit tedious, but it's well worth it because if you're doing it sooner than later, because if you don't, the, the little uh, tender shoots will tend to push up and get leggy. And uh, so you have a better crop if you go ahead and thin as soon as you can get in there and do that. Um, one of the bonuses with your beets is that, of course, you can eat those little greens as you as you clip them off and make your uh, pile. You won't get much, but it, it's still sort of a, um, a sideline, um, you know, benefit to go ahead and thinning everything that you have. And it's, it's important to thin all of those little tender seed plants that, so they don't get leggy and it's the same like if you have lettuces you've planted in a row and you know go ahead and thin those out they need to to be every four to six inches actually um so you you want don't want to ignore that thinning it's real important good time to tie your tomatoes don't forget they need to be tied up and trim off those bottom leaves, Joel. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, so, you know, and they—if you push them up, they tend to break and come down. But a lot of times, I just go through with a little uh, a little knife, you know, and just yeah. you know do them with my thumb. Yeah. And you literally will have a green thumb after that, <laughs> <laughs> or a red one if you're careless, like, my, like I have. <laughs> well, use a slightly dull knife. You know, you know. <laughs> you know but I do uh, on a serious note. I use tomato cages because I just happen to have so many yep. of them, and I don't even know which ones are the crawlers, and you know, I don't even pay attention. I put them all in cages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they and and the ones that would normally just trail along the ground if you let them uh, seem to grow up the cage as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Well, if you like those cages, then then and pick a bush variety. Yes, because no, normally I do. I, okay, so you're I, all I, set then. I, oh. I told, well, I, well, my brother is the one who sent me all yeah. those tomato plants. I have no idea yeah. what you they were. You don't know what they are. Yes, yeah, but yeah. They're, but they're all growing very well. You well, know, so. if, you, if you notice that they're getting to the top of yeah. the cage, yeah. 
and they're still growing yes. hale and hardy, then you just stick one of those poles down right. through the center and start to tie it to that center pole, uh, and, you, yep. and you'll benefit from that. Uh, but the, um, the thing with the bush tomatoes, a nice thing is generally they say you don't really need to, to clip the, the, the suckers out. You know, that they, they grow up, they flower out, and they, you know, and then they bear fruit. And um, I'm, I'm, I have a hard time not thinning them out because that's my habit. Yeah. But you can always do an experiment and see if it works better. Or one I, I found something interesting on a couple of uh, the tomato plants. There was the healthy plant that came as the starter plant, mm -hmm. and there was one tiny little anemic plant that, you know, had, mm -hmm. was growing as well. Mm -hmm. And I pull the little anemic plant out and I normally throw them away, no roots at all with it, yeah. but I just st stuck them in the corner, uh, in the corners, the couple that I found, in the corners of one of my raised beds, and they're as hale as and hardy <laughs> as any of the, the main plants. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's amazing, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, know, it's, uh, some, you know, sometimes you just try to care for a plant and there's nothing you can do to save it, mm -hmm. and here's one that was pretty much just sort of thrown <laughs> out, you know, given one last gasp of an attempt, and I'm yep. probably going to get, a, you know, a dozen tomatoes it, off each one of them. It's, yeah. a, it's amazing, yeah. and I, I, I go back to, and I re, it reminds me of something that Richard Wiswall from Kate Farm said to my wife, and uh, she was worried about something, and, you know, and the roots and all the rest, and, she, and he looked at her and said, Deb, these plants want to grow, you know, <laughs> they will grow, and uh, don't worry about it too much. And <laughs> that's the nice thing about them all. <laughs> so uh, once you tie up your tomatoes or pinch the suckers and trim those bottom leaves, it's time to, to double check your cukes. You know, they need to be tied up to that trellis too. They, they do put out the little stringers, you know, and, the, in the, uh, and they'll wrap those or, you know, around a string or the, the caging or whatever it is that you're using. You know, I use the, the fencing myself. But once they start to actually flower and fruit, then they become 10 times heavier than the vine itself. So you want to, you want to give those, uh, the, the vines, particularly on a trellis, you want to give them a little extra support so they can hold the weight. They don't get dragged down in a rain or something like that. And uh, so th this is the time to double check. If you haven't done it, then you want to do it, do it now. Um, I end up staking my peppers and my eggplants because I have found that once they start to fruit, they tend to sort of lean over and eventually if there's a hard rain, they'll fall down. So um, now is the time. I have the, my largest peppers right now are about like three inches or so, maybe two inch around. Those are my largest ones. And the other ones are just, you know, the size of your, the thumb, my thumb, uh, thumbnail. So, uh, that now's a good time to go ahead and get them supported and um, and help them out and that's the peppers and the eggplants you know how heavy an eggplant can be and how easily that can drag your the whole plant down so particularly if you give a get a hard rain it's just sort of like peonies you know those beautiful big flowers and right after the first rain right they're just almost all of them laying down if they don't have some sort of support so those need a tomato cage you know so we have um, uh, staked those peppers and, and eggplants now. Uh, now's the time to plant more lettuce, guys. Yeah, you you know you're. I've got uh, I've got some older ones that have really headed up nice. And over the this week, I'm gonna actually cut them right off and 
and uh, because the, they, are, they are due to bolt and they'll bolt fairly soon and once they bolt uh, they turn uh, uh, bitter. Um, not that not that that's uh, entirely uh, unusable because some people like bitter bitter greens, but at one thing you can use a, a bitter romaine lettuce that's bolted, uh, and even some of your butter crunches, is you can use it in a soup instead of escarole because it, when you cook it, it takes that bitterness out of it. So it's still useful. But um, so anyway, you want to go ahead and plant your lettuces. And when I say lettuce, I mean all of those greens that you use for lettuce. And that's uh, uh, the different mescaline mixes and, and um, uh, any kind of green that you use, whether it's the, the Chinese, uh, um, Chinese varieties and all those different ones you see in the catalogs. Um, good time to just keep planting because the, then if, you know, three weeks or so, your, your second planting of, of lettuces will start to bolt too. So you want to keep ahead of that. And that way you make your, your garden the most productive it can possibly be is just to continue to plant and plant and plant. Um, as you mentioned, Joel, it's a good time to start cutting those scapes and use them for pesto, for soup stock, to grill them with a little salt and oil. They just four minutes on a side. They grill up really beautifully, and they and they're just as delicious as asparagus when you when you cut them, and they're not too too hard, solid. I guess we're gonna we're gonna take a break. Where do you find locally grown plants? At Montpelier Agway, of course. Their nursery is full of locally grown annuals, perennials, vegetables, herbs, and hanging baskets. Buy six six-inch annuals for just $36, and all trees, shrubs, and blueberries are 20% off. Montpelier Agway, locally owned. Route 2, Montpelier. at Linda's Apparel. Summer is alive and well at Linda's Apparel. Vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkly jewelry, a captivating collection of women's fashions, soft eye-catching pastels, effervescent splashes of color, simple to essential. If it's time to freshen up what's in your closet for hot summer days, visit Linda's Apparel, Main Street, Virgins. A perfect place to find yourself this summer. Clausen's is celebrating summer with Clausen's grown annuals, perennials, vegetables, and herbs. At Clausen's, you'll find festive plants, seeds, colorful pottery, unique gifts, and novelty items, as well as fabulous new garden accents and a full-service flower shop. Print out your weekly online coupons from Clausen's.com. Summer is here at Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, 187 Main Street, Colchester. Open seven days a week. Think summer? Think Clausen's. We are in the garden, and once again, here's Peter. So, um, do we have the? Uh, give us a call if you have any questions on the, my to-do list here, or anything else from last week. Our seed school uh, is eight zero two two four four one seven seven seven, or toll free one eight seven seven two nine one 
800-242-8255. So did I hear you say we, we have a sponsor, Linda's, uh, Linda's uh, Apparel? In, in Virgins, right wow. there in the center of town. Yes. Wow. Hey. That's, great. That's a great store, too. It is really it? Is. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, if you're if, uh, talking to all the, those of the male persuasion, if you're looking for the perfect gift hey. for that uh, lady in your life, there you go. wonderful store, and they'll be very helpful, too. That's great. I, and I, I just happened to catch that, and I thought, oh, wow, I haven't noticed that before, but, but uh, great. Um, so uh, back to my to-do list, and uh, we just talked about cutting your garlic scapes, and uh, I know there's a debate of whether to cut or not to cut, and, and I, I think I've made my opinion clear. If you, if you want to use them, use them. Um, I have seen, I have never noticed any difference between garlic that you've cut the scapes on and garlic that you haven't cut the scapes on. If you're watering them, feeding them, and taking good care of them, and they got good soil, they'll grow well, and they'll also produce uh, wonderful scapes, and they don't mind giving them up. It's just no different than picking a leaf of lettuce off of a, a lettuce. So, uh, you know, sad news here, right? It's that time of year. You're going to have to set those Japanese beetle traps. Don't hesitate. Don't think maybe this year they won't show up. They're going to come, and they're going to come soon. And they love my blueberries. They just absolutely just, you know, they cluster on the top of all my blueberry pl plants. And they absolutely adore uh, my pole beans. And they will congregate at the very, very tip top of the pole beans. So anyway, now's the time to set up those traps before they're uh, really bad. And you look up and you see them. You think, oh, my gosh, I got to get the traps out. No, do it now. Get it done with. Um, okay, so that's the set up your Japanese beetle traps. And then you want to don't neglect your other uh, perennial plants like your asparagus and your rhubarb this time of year, they still need to be watered just like everything else. You know, uh, we sort of think, well, they're perennials, they don't need it, they're deep-rooted and all this other stuff. But no, they do appreciate the watering and feeding uh, this time of year. They'll grow hardier and hail, and you'll get a better crop next year. So, um, And Joel, I'll, I'll have to talk to my wife to help me remember to bring you rhubarb next week. I'm gay, I'm gay, I, th I think if I take one more stalk off, I will have killed my <laughs> rhubarb, which has been around for well, 20 years. We don't want you to do that. Now, anyway, I've got eight, eight heads of... Oh, my word. And, and, and actually nine, because I've got the original one. And it is the, the most amazing rhubarb I've ever seen. I mean, they're literally, they're 20, 24-inch stalks. Oh, they're my just, word. They're monsters, and, uh, and uh, they are really just, and they had that red, you know, uh, skin on them. And anyway, so water and feed those guys, your asparagus, your rhubarb, and anything else that's a perennial. Uh, and and so don't neglect them. You want to do take care of them. Uh, this is the time you want to plant your second seed crops, and I'm going to address that in the next section, just what to plant. Uh, then, um, uh, you yeah, again, just like the Japanese beetles, the uh, you want to spray your cold plants with the BT, uh, the thergicide, or the spinosad. Either way, um, those creepy crawlers are coming, and they will be here soon. And you want to make sure you get to them before before they actually take notice of the big holes and all the rest. Um, it's a lot easier to prevent them. Um, and as we've talked before, uh, you, you know, if you if you don't do something, the, they you'll have tons of them. So it's better to go ahead and, and start to spray now. I've seen the little uh, white butterflies uh, 
uh, moths, you know, flying around. And so they're, they're here, they're coming, go ahead and spray them. Uh, the thergicide is, has been very effective for me, but the spinosad also, um, you know, that's what Captain Jack's Black, uh, you know, dead bug, that, that one is the spinosad. Um, so go ahead and spray them now and uh, get that little chore over with while you're doing things. Um, if you don't have a sprayer, I hadn't really thought about that, but, you know, if you don't have a sprayer, you can get them right from all of our uh, sponsors. And uh, I just get the, the cheapest one. I think it's maybe, I don't know, it's under 30 bucks anyway. Um, and it's made, of, it's, it's made to last forever. You will never, ever uh, uh, wear it out. The only thing that wears out is the little flapper at the bottom and uh and and you can get a replacement for that so um it's a good investment and you want to use that to spray all your your stuff with if you don't have a big garden you can use a hand sprayer that'll work out just fine too um uh, speaking of 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 watering and feeding your asparagus you also want to go ahead and water your berries your raspberries your blueberries your blackberries you know your black raspberries um, if you have gooseberries or any of the other kind of berries, you want to go ahead and water them. Again, you, you sort of overlook them because they're perennials and you're thinking, uh, you know, they have deep roots and all the rest. But uh, really, uh, most of your uh, bramble fruits are, are fairly shallow rooted and they are affected by that um, by the uh, uh, that heat, hot, hot heat, you know, uh, summer days and, and uh, all the moisture just uh, quickly evaporating out of the top two or three inches of soil. So you want to go ahead and water those guys as well. You know, it's a tendency to overlook those uh, the fruiting bushes because they are perennials, but uh, they will benefit and then so will you. <laughs> so that's my to-do list and I... And if I keep sitting going on, I'll think of some more. But um, that's pretty much that's enough, probably. Don't you think, Joel? <laughs> well, always, always interesting things. I think uh, you know to to anticipate. Uh, mm -hmm. The one thing I'm anticipating, I'm ready with my neem oil uh -huh. for uh, for the uh, powdery mildew that appears. Uh, yeah, if you catch that early on your yep. vine crop. Yeah, and. Uh, Neem oil seems to work, but you know we were back in the Ed Smith days. We were talking about all the remedies that people were calling in, oh. and finally, finally, I got down to the bottom of it by checking at Cornell. Mm -hmm. The if if you notice when you do have the powdery mildew, it usually affects one plant. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know there could be plants of the same exact same species right next to it that it's not affecting. Mm -hmm. And apparently, the uh, the the uh, the fungus, which is the powdery mildew, is. Uh, 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 requires a very narrow band pH. It mm -hmm. has to be right within that. And so just about anything that you spray <laughs> the leaves <laughs> will change the pH. <laughs> That's why, like, milk and people had all these different oh, homegrown oh, remedies. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the neem oil, because it is an oil, seems to stay on longer. So that's why we do that. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think I think we have a call here. Someone who's going to tell me that I'm dead wrong. But no, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Questions and comments, most welcome. Let's see where we are here. Push this button and do that. And say, uh, good afternoon. You're on the air with Peter. Your first name in town? Hi, this is Rich from Starksboro. Hey, Rich. Hello. hello How hello. you doing, buddy? Good. You? Good. Good. Um, I wanted to follow up with um, a couple things you, you mentioned uh -huh. today. Um, they, you, you mentioned uh, feeding out carrots to... Three, three inch spacing. Yep. 
Um, is that, uh, will you talk about that from a square foot gardening perspective or a general perspective? Uh, it works for both. If you grow them in a row or, or rows parallel to each other, um, you do want to thin them out to every three inches. Um, it, it, uh, I know a lot of people, the tendency is to just leave them, you know, the way you plant them. But if you're looking for a nice big carrot, they need room just like every other plant. And three inches is, uh, uh, is the standard. Now there are some smaller ones, some of your earlies, you know, like your, uh, Mocum and, and, and the, the different, uh, early varieties, they may say thin to two inches, but the point is, is you want to make sure you don't have, you don't leave that mass of seeds that you've you've planted in there every half inch or so, and sometimes every quarter inch, and sometimes one right on top of the other. Mm-hmm. That way, um, uh, that way they'll have the the room to grow and also have the uh, nutrition, you know, uh, available to them. That that if you want the big carrots. Okay. Does that well, make sense? Yeah, yeah. Start to. I planted mine, according uh, the uh, square foot gardening yep. method using yep. the, the seed package that said uh, final thinning to two inches. Oh, there, there you go. So I, well, that's the that's the uh, that's the final word on it. If they're saying thin to every two inches, then that's fine. Planted without I planted without thinning. I just planted them two inches. Yeah. Okay. So from the, from the get go. So you're great. That's the way to go. I, I mean, that's the way I plant my carrots, too. I plant 16 per square, and I pr- try to put uh, only one or two seeds, even though it's really a, a temptation mm-hmm. to drop a pinchful. Um, yeah. That way, when I go back in with my scissors, I'm just sort of clipping one or, or, or two out at the time. Yeah. Well, a two-inch spacing is 36 per square, and a three-inch spacing is 16 per square, right? Uh. Well, I guess so. Yeah, so that's six times six. Yeah, 30, 36, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a lot going, of carrots. You're going with six, 16, yeah. Maybe I should, if, um, but I was wondering, like, you... Um, I would go by the package, Rick. Rick. I, I think that's the, the the way to go. If the package says uh, two inches, I, I would go with that. And that's why I mentioned it the, with the beets, you know, it's either two or four inches. There's beet varieties that they say to thin to every three inches and beet varieties they say to thin to every four inches. So you just go by the packet and that, that, that gives you the information that you're looking for. Okay. But but thin. Right. That's the that's the the thrust of what I'm trying to emphasize okay. is that make sure you go back in and thin, and and I I appreciate the how um, how hard it is to actually go in and plant 36 seeds one by one as you you know you use your finger for the <laughs> to make yeah. a little divot. <laughs> yeah, what I find the hardest is like when they say quarter inch or eighth inch deep. That's mm-hmm. pretty- that's the big challenge. You know, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so what I do is I, I make a little dimple in each one, and then I take a handful of, of uh, you know, uh, the germination mix and uh, just sort of dust it over the top because, you know, a quarter inch, like I say, is just so small. But, and I think I've mentioned it before, is I, I like to actually put a board right over, you know, if you're doing a square, one square at a time, just take a you know, a 12 inch, uh, um, you know, piece of uh, uh, one by 12 and cut it, you know, 12 inches long and just set it right down on top of it and put a brick on it, water it real good before you do that. And um, 
that that will help those germinate more than anything that you could possibly do because with only a quarter inch it's going to dry out in the first big wind mm -hmm. so that okay. that works really well if you if you do that when i plant my 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 whole square the 256 um because i'm doing you know 16 per square i actually put a whole sheet of plywood down that i've cut to fit on a whole bed and I water it real good, you know, I do that thing where I dust them, you know, and uh, then water it real good uh, with a fine mm -hmm. spray, make sure it's it's well watered, and then I put that piece of plywood right down on the whole thing, so, and I get yep. real good germination that way, it's it's amazing, in seven days you, you get them up, and a lot of times on the package it'll say, you know, it'll be 14 to 21 days before they come up, but if you use something like that over the top to keep that, that soil completely moist the whole time, um, you'll have a lot better germination than any other way I've ever done. Yeah. So when you're talking about spinning carrots, you're not really saying uh, call out the ones that don't look healthy. You're saying no. Yeah. Get that's them right. Three inches. Okay. That's right. All that's right. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, if if you have a if you have the um, if you have the patience, so the way I like to do it is I use a pair of scissors because if you pull them, sometimes you can, uh, you know, disturb the roots of the uh, the one that you're leaving because they're so small and so fine and so close <laughs> together. Right. And um, the other question I had is about um, I we just started this year putting uh, trying to make cucumbers go up a trellis, but oh, yeah. you you kind of hit the nail on the head. We're we're trying to get them little curly things to stay. <laughs> our best and, and stuff but um but one of the knows what kind of material do you use tie them up hands down and i'm so glad you mentioned this because this was on my list and i forgot to to mention it uh earlier is the the velcro ties you get them in a roll um okay. you know it, it, both the, all of our sponsors have them and it's a you know it's like a green strip of velcro about a half inch wide and i'll go ahead and i'll cut those to oh about three inches long and i'll just cut you know dozens of them and i put them in a in a coffee can with a lid and so anytime I go out and work in my garden, I'll take that coffee can with lid and I'll sit next to the tomato plants or the cukes or anything else that needs to be tied up. Uh, again, I just did that last night with my pepper plants and my uh, eggplants. So, uh, no, it's just the pepper plants I did last night. And then, uh, you know, anything that has uh, uh, anything that, that needs to be tied up, these are great. I mean, they work so well. And I, honestly, I've had some for so many years that they've actually turned color. They, you know, they, they've lost all their green, and but they still, the Velcro works. When the Velcro stops working, then you pitch them. But you can get a lot of years out of those things. And okay. uh, hands down, the best that I've ever used. And I've tried everything from uh, strips of sheeting, you know, old sheeting or, you know, old T-shirts, uh, um, I've uh, twine, every kind of twine you can imagine. Uh, I've tried the plastic clips uh, that you can get uh, from the catalogs and stuff. Um, this hands down is the very best. And what I do is I, I buy the roll. And I think it's like maybe six bucks or something like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it seems like a lot, but it, boy, it just it works and it lasts so long. And it's, uh, you know, if you're, if you're tying up something really big, you can make four inch strips if you need them. Yeah. Hands down. Okay. Okay. Now the next next question I've got is related to kind of like gardening practices, I guess. Uh, yeah. We we have a we have a summer place that we like to go to. Uh huh. And and uh, but it's 
sort of being there sort of competes with the garden. <laughs> yes. And, and and I I take it you're you're for the summer you're like a stay-at-home dad with your garden. I, I mm. presume I guess. Well, well, sadly so. Uh, yeah. But, uh, no, I, we try to take a week uh, at least, uh, you know, once or twice during the summer. Last mm -hmm. year was my first ever, and I, I have to confess, it is the first time I've ever had a two-week vacation in, during my working life anyway. And it was uh, it was pretty cool. I had yeah. uh, I thought I might try to do that again sometime. But um, so, so do you have someone that you... Uh, arranged to do your watering for you or yeah I'm mainly concerned about the watering the know? watering yeah 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 uh, I've explored a little bit with the timer and the um, you know doing the system you know watering system um, mm -hmm. but I haven't quite got there I it, it's a little more complex than than I'm, than I know how to do so uh, uh, my my son and I have talked about how to set that up but you could set it up on a timer pretty easily yeah I, that's what i've been working on and i i you know we've we've been away twice with, since i i set it up and then left mm -hmm. and then I, I came back and it was working fairly effectively what i what i got was this um this it's like it comes it's a kit that comes with uh 100 feet of of I know you don't like soaker holes, and I understand your reasoning and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you find it inconvenient. Um, but it comes with 100 feet of soaker hose and yep. 50 feet of uh, standard half-inch garden hose. Oh, right, and yeah. these little connectors, and you cut, you cut regular hose to go between your beds, and then you, um, then you run the soaker hose in your beds and hook on and go to your next bed with the, mm -hmm. with the green hose and the black hose and Mm -hmm. But what I found out is I didn't put enough uh, soaker hose in some of the beds, and so some of the things died and stuff. And oh, dear. I start out with start out. I don't have it turned up very high. I got to do like a long soak. Yeah. And so I start out with two hours. I had to come on at five in the morning and shut off at seven. I think I'm now on set at three in the morning and shut off at seven. Yeah, yeah. And uh, without changing the the, the uh, gallons flow, but I just um, maybe. Uh, do you know of anybody who's really uh, any of your garden gardening associates who's been successful about absentia gardening? Or I don't. Uh, I, it's it's something that uh, it's on the list of things to to figure out. But right now I'm yeah. replacing all my boxes, and that's 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 probably that'll probably be the rest of the summer. My extra time from gardening. Would be doing yeah. that, and um, I have a half-inch hose that runs down all of them, and then I, I have some little um, what do they call them, the little connectors. You know, there's like a quarter-inch uh, pipe with a little sprinkler on each one of them, and uh, mm -hmm. we got to try and get that working. Now, it's not that I don't like soaker hose; um, it's just it's more suited for rows than it is for beds. Um, and I, I do see pictures of uh, people sort of doing zigzag, you know, back and forth. And uh, I don't see any reason why it won't work fine. You know, the, the soaker yeah. is actually probably a better idea than a sprinkler. But, um, you know, it's, it's just, it just, you know, I haven't done that. I chose to, to try yeah. the sprinklers. Um, when I was laying it out, I found that I was like risking killing some of my smaller plants. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just, you know, you, because you can't hold all of, you know, when you're trying to sweep around a corner, 
someplace six feet away is going to sweep on top of this plant, you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that, that was why I finally decided, well, for my beds, it was better to do the half-inch hose down along each each row. I've got uh, three main rows in, and, uh, in, the, in my lower garden, uh, the three main rows with uh, six or uh, seven beds in each row. And uh, so I, I just have one, you know, half-inch pipe going down and then these quarter-inch uh, uh, sprinklers, you know, they go out and, and just yep. uh, stick in the, towards the, you know, just stick in. And uh, the ones that I chose, they, they, you know, they sprinkle out about a four-foot. And, uh, um, yeah, so, well, l- let me know how that goes if you can, but yeah. you're going to have to find somebody to water for you. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Just go out four or five days at a time. Yeah, or pay someone, I suppose. There's got to be a high school kid around. There you go. Yeah, well, good talk with you, Peter. Same here, Rick. Yeah, I think we'll stop and take a break, right? Yes, indeed. Thank you, Rich. And uh, this, this is WDEV, and you're in the garden with Peter Burke. Hey, plants. How's it going? Hi, Kate. Um, Can I... Uh ask you a question. Of course. I need help growing some uh, indoor tomatoes. Oh, tomatoes. I dabble a bit. (laughs) Not too much, of course, but what's wrong with indulging in a tomato now and then? No worries. I gotcha. Guy's Farm and Yard, where Vermonters go to grow. Did somebody say tomatoes? Let's say you need a hinge, a sweatshirt, birthday card, a new toaster, some sugaring supplies, some local beer or local cheeses and breads, even local greens, roots, and meats. Now let's say you need a new bathing suit or some logger boots, maybe a new onesie for your baby, or stylish Carhartt clothing. What about curry and cumin? Maybe sewing notions. Can you think of one place you can get all of that? Well, I can. The Woolies Store in downtown Greensboro. Did I mention the cheapest gas around? The Woolies Store. If Woolies doesn't have it, you certainly can get along without it. Hi, this is Lisa from Grow Compost of Vermont. Grow Compost works every day to complete our food cycle from farm to plate and back to the soil. We collect food scraps and farm residuals and transform them into organic soils for our local farms and gardens. Depend on Grow Compost to provide the finest compost and premium potting soil for all your growing needs. Visit us at growcompost.com for more information about food scrap pickup or soil deliveries. Grow Compost, exceptional local soils. You are listening to WDEV News Radio, a network of stations owned and operated by the Radio Vermont Group. 96.1 WDEV FM, Warren and Waitsfield. 96.5 W243 AT Berry. 98.3 W252 CU Montpelier. Along with our founding station, AM550 WDEV Waterbury Montpelier. And online at WDEVradio.com. We are in the garden with Peter Burke. Have another 15 minutes or so, and uh, your calls are welcome. Once again, here's Peter. Once again, the fastest hour on radio. It, it goes go by. by so quick, yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been jotting my down notes to myself, and uh, the Velcro ties. I've been, I've been using old undershirts. Uh, yeah, no, I've been there, done that. But the, the Velcro ties, hands down, the best invention yeah, for tying stuff up, yeah. and I've been using them for five, six years. 
and I would venture to say there's probably some from five years ago in that can that I use. Yeah. And the other note to myself is to water the rhubarb. I keep forgetting that, and I use, I use so much of it. Yeah, there and, you go. And uh, mm-hmm. definitely. Do you sprinkle compost over around your around the heads? Uh, at different times of the year. Uh, yeah, but um, uh, I, I, they probably want a little fertilizer too. Yeah, you okay. know the compost is great for them, but uh, they they are actually heavy feeders, and they do have uh, quite the root system. It wouldn't hurt to just give them, you know, a a, a, a tablespoon uh, per foot uh, um, in the bed there. Okay. And grow yeah. grow type thing or yeah yeah yep. exactly Excellent. yeah just sure. like you'd use in the garden. Indeed. And uh, I think it even mentions rhubarb in there, in the little write-up on the back of it. And uh, so, um, you know, it was interesting. I, I was at the, the uh, Grow Compost and talking to, uh, I think it was Lisa's husband. And uh, it's amazing. They they actually have containers all around Vermont where they pick up uh, stuff from restaurants and, you know, just all over the place. They do an incredible job to... You know, to to keep that stuff out of the the um, you know out of the landfills. Very efficient pickup system. And if you're just and and if you're there to get the, some of their amended soil or some of their compost, they uh, you can buy from them uh, these uh, wonderful zipper bags. Yeah. And you just buy yeah. them, and they're reasonably priced. And you buy, and you you know you can use them forever. Just yeah. empty them out and bring them back. And I find those that the most. Uh, uh, you know, that's the handiest way to do it. Mm-hmm. I, it was a couple of years ago I was there, and I just was, the timing was great. I happened to bring my convertible that year, <laughs> and I was going to get, I could figure I could fit three bags of compost in the trunk. <laughs> and, um, and I had the bags and everything top down on the convertible. And Lisa's husband there was there with the big backhoe. He said, you want me to fill the car up for you? <laughs> And you declined. I, I declined. <laughs> <laughs> Although it, oh, I, I know I certainly could have. I, I certainly could have used it, and I think things are growing in the, my, the back of my convertible. <laughs> anyway, been around for a while. The hard part was getting it out. I think. Yeah. <laughs> getting it in. No, but they'll you. they'll take care of you really well. Then, uh, as I we were talking about how uh, you know sometimes you just have to see something in order to realize the value of a product. If you just sort of wonder about yeah. uh, how they use their amended. Oh soils and how they use compost just look at their home garden and clearly an education just to go there on site and see see all of all that they use and you know you you just have to tip your hat how much how much work goes into it you know the tendency is taken for granted but we are so blessed here in vermont yeah, if you know, if you do it right, follow directions. Sustainable agriculture <laughs> is in, indeed the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So um, the uh, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, what I call the second season. Okay, and and if you're doing it right, it's really your third season. Um, you know, if you've planted early your lettuces and your radishes and all the rest, and then you did your Memorial Day planting all the the cool, the hot, warm weather um, plants, it's time to start a second season. And I'll give you, for instance, my wife and I love kimchi. And uh, if you don't know what kimchi is, it's sort of like an Asian sauerkraut. And we like it a lot. So this time of year, oddly enough, is the time to start planting for your fall kimchi crop. The Chinese cabbage and the daikon radi- uh, radishes, um, 
and you have to plant them under covers because uh, the Chinese cabbage will, you know, um, is a coal plant and it, it will get chewed up and the daikon radishes have lots of different things that, that uh, love to eat it too. So you want to plant those over, under covers of the, the reme uh, cloth. Anyway, you start them uh, uh, now and um, from seed and then in a few weeks start your uh, tatsoi if you haven't seen that it's a dark 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 green uh chinese uh, uh veg you know vegetable it has these little round uh, uh shiny green leaves anyway we use that in our in our uh, kimchi and it grows fast so you know i usually start that a couple weeks afterwards so you know this is still planting season you know the you and and um and i was just uh, on uh, johnny seeds uh uh, website. Oh, oh, we got to. All right. I'll interrupt myself. We'll get back to second season after we talk to Ginger in Woodbury. Ginger. Hello. Hi. Um, yeah. So you're you're still planting. And sadly, I went out and found a garlic thing that looked a garlic plant that mm -hmm. looked like it needed to be pulled. And I did. And I have these little worms at the bottom. Worms at the worms. bottom. Little tiny worms, like right where the roots go in uh -huh, yeah. the bulb, and there are, yeah. I think, fewer roots than there usually are. Uh, so you think they're actually uh, chomping on the roots there, eating them? Yeah, yeah, they're little tiny, they're like pinworms, they're little mm -hmm. tiny, tiny, skinny things. Mm -hmm. uh, are they black, or are they... No, they're whitish oh, so, to light tan. So they're a grub, then? Mm, yeah. I don't know, they're not fat at all. They're slender, mm. sh short slender, and then they curl around. Mm -hmm. uh, unusual for um, garlic or any of the alliums, uh, you know, to have a disease per se. These actually sound just like the cabbage root maggot. It sounds just like that. Um, that doesn't sound nice. No. Uh, did was the plant? Did a, the plant look like it was falling over or or wilted? Not yet, or? but it was all brown. The was leaves, because I was out there with my friend looking at, uh -huh. oh, look, there's, there's a couple that are getting a little brown on the bottom, uh, yeah. you know, and yeah. then all of a sudden, here's the one that's all brown. and All brown, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, Not dead brown, but, like, it was going to be in another day. Yeah, sure. It sounds like it. <laughs> and uh, that's this almost the same symptoms that you get with, uh, with the, the cabbage root maggot. Um, but I'm not exactly sure what that is that would attack um, a, a garlic, so I'm going to have to to look it up. Hmm. Uh, so other, I mean, I always rotate. There's at least two years of something else on a bed before I put garlic back or anything. That's just how I rotate. Um, and these are raised beds. Um, can you think of what I could do to either get rid of them or avoid them or um kill them off <laughs> <laughs> sorry Joel stomp, stomp on them yeah, yeah, yeah. um they're uh the adult is a fly I'm reading this okay that is about uh, nine millimeters long how big is nine millimeters pretty short and uh, they lay their eggs around the base of onions and garlic in the spring after they emerge. Okay. Well, that's helpful. Now, what do we do about it? Well, I've, well, always, I've, ne 
netted them for several years now really? because of the Swedish midge. Oh, yeah, the midge, the yeah. Swede midge. Uh-huh. So maybe I've trapped them in the bed. That's a possibility. So, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you keep some things out, keep other things in. That and that's happened to me. I, I managed to to keep everything out of uh, my Chinese cabbage and managed to trap the um, uh, trap the aphids in. So oh, that, great! Yeah, that's a big. <laughs> <laughs> that's a help. <laughs> so, uh, of course, uh, floating row covers, uh, rotating. Crops uh, clear and work the soil after harvest. Uh, mm. Sprinkling of ground cayenne or chili powder in the spring to determine the laying female eggs. These uh, are I'm just reading from the list, but uh, consider a soil drench. Now, what would be a soil drench? Oh, uh, combine a puree of uh, of uh, peppers, garlic with water and organic soap. Allow the mixture to steep for a day and then strain and use as a soil drench in the infected soil. Uh, uh, after you get your garlic out. Uh, yeah, uh, Maybe not. For a day, strain the soil in infected soil. Uh, you can use a pyrethrum uh, for, um, uh, to control it. Uh, they recommend raised beds, of course, mm-hmm. but that uh, we're already there. Right. So, um... Pyrethrum, is that uh, Jack's dead bug? It's not Jack, Jack's dead bug. It's, um, it's an older, it is a plant derivative. Um, okay. And uh, it, it's a pretty powerful uh, poison, for sure. Oh. And I would, I would suspect that, um, how do you plant your, your garlic? In rows or in a bed or... Okay. All in right. the fall. In the fall, yeah. Just so. Yeah. Right. Okay, so um, since you know that you have this problem, you can anticipate it a little bit, and then go ahead and do that. Either the the drench, if you want to try that, I probably would go right to the um, to the pyrethrum myself, though. And uh, it does say try um, some wood ash and diatomaceous earth around the base of the plant. I had pretty good luck with wood ashes with the with the cabbage uh, maggot, okay. and uh, I've actually been able to rescue some when I first you know you first see them and they you know they droop and turn brown and then fall over because the the whole their whole root structure is just uh, eaten up by the by those maggots, hmm. and the first you know at first if I ever see that then I go ahead and, and oddly this year I've had no problem whatsoever thank the good Lord but. Uh, no, no, it, it's been, it's, you know, that karmic balance. Uh, I now have a woodchuck that ate all of my kale and, and all of my cabbages, cabbages so, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I saw him this morning and I, I uh, and people say, well, what do you do about woodchucks? And I, my, my simple answer has always been shoot him, but it, now it's me who's got to pull the trigger and I'm thinking, this is a lot harder than it seems because they don't tend to stand still. And uh, so I, I tried the live traps, mm. and uh, he has successfully ignored all of my live traps. I mean, I've used cantaloupes and grapes and, and uh, apples. Yeah, they seem and... to be pretty smart about traps. They don't, 
they don't go in them. Well, this guy is not is not fooled. But oddly enough, I saw him up uh, in my upper garden, but he was eating my wife's flowers up there. And, so you didn't care. <laughs> well, no, no. I, I was thinking this through as I'm going to tell my wife oh. that he's eating her flowers, you know. And so if I get her mad, she'll be the one who's shooting him. <laughs> I see. Hand her the gun and let her go do it. <laughs> you sure you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you, you got a point there. you got a point. <laughs> no, I, you know, I... I have uh, propane tanks and in and, and uh, all kinds of stuff around the house, and I'm just I'm scared to death really of, sh of shooting him, and that's why I've been trying to do the live trap because I would rather live trap him and shoot him then than to to be you know shooting him out in the open and hope for the best that I don't get a ricochet that hits my propane tank or you know heavenly knows you know a window yeah, gee, or there, something. I thought you were being nice and just want to live trap him and you know, no I, no no well first of all it's against the law you're not allowed to move him even if you live trap him oh <laughs> okay didn't know that yeah yeah well a lot of people don't and they they tend to figure well i'll take him a mile down the road and he'll be back in no time and uh, they say it takes like you know 10 miles or something like that but of course you're letting him loose in somebody else's backyard so yeah that's how he got to your back <laughs> I, I have my suspicions yes <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, the point was I wasn't didn't have to have problems with the maggots this year, but uh, you know the other problems have have come up. But the the wood ashes have worked really really well for for the um, uh, for those. So I I would uh, go ahead and preempt that and just you know and do that now and do it now. Okay. Yes, definitely do it now. And then uh, make sure you do it uh, first thing in the spring when you, you know, when the flies are laying their eggs. Okay. And, um, and, and you said just, like, work the earth after you mm. harvest and put what pepper you said? Uh, let's see here. Um, let me get back to that point. Oh, of course, now they, they want me to sign up here. Hang on just a sec. Of course they do. <laughs> I've been trying to do, like, no-till, non-disturbing things too much. Oh, yeah. Well, you would only be doing this in the top two or three inches anyway. Okay. I mean, no-till is, is having, is, is basically the point of that is that you're not using a plow to, to plow up the 10 inches of soil. Oh, well, yeah, not you know, a problem you, you, in my garden. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, disturbing the top two or three inches with a, with a rake or something like that is really, it's, you know. It's acceptable. It's huh? very acceptable, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, if... Um, some people use a broad fork. Have you ever used that for your garden? Well, no, I've got a narrow fork, but I use that. We use a fork, yeah. So, you, <laughs> <laughs> so you're aerating the soil. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I can't really work compost or manure in mm -hmm. without doing Without something. doing that, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, I'll just. Uh, do we have time for me to read through this? Uh, sure, we can. We can take the time and. Oh, okay, so the this is uh, called an onion maggot rather than. Sounds uh -huh. like it's exactly the same thing as the cabbage maggot, but it's a an ash gray to light brown. Adults resemble a house fly, but a lot smaller. Hmm. The female uh, lays groups of elongated white eggs. Um, uh, in the leaves, the hatched larvae feed in the leaves and the bulbs. They also provide an entryway for fungus. Yeah, okay. Great. 
So, uh, um, let's see, yeah, the floating row covers, um, and then uh, there it is. Consider a soil drench, which is uh, combine a puree of uh, hot peppers, garlic with water and organic soap. Uh, allow the mixture to steep for a day, strain, and use a soil drench in the infected soil. Uh, and then it, it says you, if you want to use a chemical, you can use the pyrethrin. Um, and that, that will work. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably the way to go, though, is to use your wood ash in the, in the beginning and okay. in use the season. Yeah, yeah, okay. use it now. Thank you very much for taking all the, the extra time and everything. I really appreciate your help. <laughs> Ginger, you're very, very <laughs> welcome, and I appreciate your calls. Good to talk with you. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Okay, shall we break? We'll take our we'll take our final break, and okay. then uh, Peter, you'll be back with some final words. There you go for this week's in the garden. Hello, Ben Patson here from PNR Lumber. Our sawmill is celebrating our 47th year in 2018. PNR Lumber is proud to continue serving our local community with locally sourced, locally processed spruce, pine, hemlock, cedar, and tamarack lumber. Check out our large stock of rough and plain lumber at Route 15 Wolken. Support your local family-owned business. PNR Lumber, 472-663. Monday through Friday, 7 to 4.30, and 8 to noon on Saturdays. 472-6636. Local lumber, local service. Put us first. Having a barbecue this weekend? This is Tiffany at Menards Agway and Rental. Avoid running out of propane while you're grilling and get your 20-pound propane tank refilled for just $12.99. Do you need extra chairs and tables or a tent? Just call or stop in to Menards Rental to reserve them. From all of us here at Menards Agway, we would like to wish everyone a safe and happy Independence Day weekend. Family owned and operated, Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place. Open seven days a week, Brooklyn Street, Morrisville. And once again, here's Peter. Thanks, Joel. Um, so my my final note is it's never too late to start a garden. You go right out there to PNR and buy your boxes, and you can have uh, within a day's time uh, a box or ten boxes or a dozen boxes, whatever, and uh, fill them up with that soil and start planting. You can do it right now. You can still, a lot of people say, oh, it's too late to start the garden. And I said, nope, it's not too late. You can start it anytime now and still get a, a, a great crop of a lot of different things. So, so get out there and get started. And we will see you not next week. The 14th is the Red Sox. Right. So yeah, so. Two weeks. Two weeks, and what does that what does that look like? Is uh, the twenty first? Twenty first. Yeah. Okay. Good. We All right. Go. We'll we'll uh, write down your questions and save them up for us on the twenty first, and we'll be back to you, and we'll go Sox. We hope they win. <laughs>
In the Garden today has been brought to you by the Willie Store, your true value hardware store near Caspian Lake in Greensboro. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, your full-service florist with over 40 greenhouses in Colchester. Check out Clausen's.com for their great Monday coupon specials. Guy's Farm and Yard, your neighborhood community feed, grain, animal, and yard store. Locations in Morrisville, Montpelier, St. Albans, and Williston. So that means there's one near you. Grow compost just down the road on Route 2 in Moortown. Compost soils, mulches, and uh, absolute uh, great, great expert gardening advice. PR Lumber, your complete local lumber store on Route 15 in Walker. They've got the cedar for those boxes. Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place. Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. Blossom Cottage Florist, top quality flower arrangements. And Taste of the North. Uh, on Route 302 in Barry, online at tasteofthenorth.com. And yes, in Virgin's, Linda's Apparel, bursting with vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkling jewelry, and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions around. Linda's Apparel, Main Street, Virgin's. By Jail Branch Greenhouse, just bursting with perennials, annuals, soils, all your garden needs, Route 302 in Barry. And your locally owned Agway store, seeds and feeds, and a whole lot more. Everything's at Agway on Route 2 in Montpelier. Join us in two weeks at 1230, that's the 21st, for In the Garden with Peter Burke. And the peace of fertile ground.